0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. I just thank you, Father, for everyone that's here today. And we thank you as we look into your word, Lord, you help us uh, uh, to get this out It's simple easy to understand father and uh, it helps us lord to continue to serve you in jesus name amen so this uh we're we're talking about anointed for a purpose this month and as i told you uh, patsy and i will be away three weeks Uh, we'll be here uh, one of the weeks in february and we're going to sit here and get ministered to by those that are ministering so we'll have four different ones minister in february i'm looking forward to it we'll introduce i'll introduce the series and then we'll sit there and be ministered to. And I and I really enjoyed that last year. We were here in January, and I really enjoyed being ministered to by those that ministered. And uh bless me. So that'll that'll happen. Uh but so the next two weeks, though, we're still on anointed for a purpose. So I, I was talking about uh and, and I said this that we're gonna look at Timothy. Well, as I got into this, it never really goes like you think when you start digging into the word. So we will look at Timothy, but that's more of the the, the smaller part of the message and it's like i got into like looking at the church and i was just like oh man the church is wonderful so you'll see what i mean as we get into this today we'll look at timothy a little bit but we'll look at the church more okay all right so father we thank you again and lord thank you for helping me in jesus name uh just a quick review uh, for moses and joshua like the first week we talked about moses and when we were talking about moses we saw that how god designed and orchestrated something He said, build a tabernacle, and that was a place for his presence. And it was amazing, his orchestration and design, how he talked to people, how he pulled everyone together to uh, to do it. And then when it was done, his presence, you know, always filled. Anything he says to do, he blesses it with his glory and presence after we do it. And so uh, that's a wonderful thing, and and you saw that. But uh, then we went and looked ahead, because we're the temples, we're the house now, and we looked ahead to the church. You know and we are the church and we have the presence of God so we all have a supply to give we have graces and gifts and and talents that God gave us and God can orchestrate us so our heart and desire in 219 is that uh, we're finally orchestrated to win the harvest uh, to get people saved to see him established to see him trained and positioned to serve in the kingdom so we're, we're not going to stop that get, we're not going to give up on that we thank god where we are but there's a lot of people that need saved out there uh, there's a lot of people that need established and so we trust the lord t- to orchestrate us get us working together like a fine-tuned machine so we can see p- more people saved more people established more people trained more people positioned to serve okay so we that was the first weekend uh then uh patsy last week um it was a powerful message on. Uh, with we looked at Joshua and there was another type and shadow there. He was anointed to possess a land, a promised land, and then we took it into the New Testament. She did how we're anointed and we can possess our promised land. So I heard one testimony. Somebody had a bad report. Uh, they felt the Lord doing something in her body. They went back for another test this last week, completely well, uh, good report. So uh, they just. That, that happened right during the service, but then there's some other things that happened where some people made big decisions. It had to do with their destiny uh, after that message, so it was a wonderful message. If you, did, if you weren't here, you can listen to it online. So today, uh, we want to look at this. There's three things we're going to look at today. The church and the world clock, defining the church, and Timothy's choices. So uh, you'll see what uh, this is all about, like the church and the world clock, uh, you know, what is that? Well, here's, here, we're going to take a look at it, but this world clock that I'm talking about, God is the one that has, the, he's the one that controls the world clock, the big picture. There's like a world clock, whether we want to admit it or not, and God is controlling what we would call the world clock, and we, we don't have a lot to do with it. We, there's parts that we play. You know, God always uses us, but as far as the world clock is concerned nobody knows the day that jesus is coming back except him and so until that time we work but he's he's the one that's going to send jesus when he decides to send him so that's there's a big picture in all of this so look at these scriptures uh, for the world clock in us revelations 21 and verse 1 it says then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away And the sea was no more and so sometimes we forget these scriptures but there's some big things that's gonna be happening you know down the road this is this world clock the church in the world clock you know and so it it always is good to look at the big picture because sometimes we just all get we look at ourselves and what's going on but there's like a a bigger picture uh, that we need to always remind ourselves of and then verse number two says and I saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And then in verse three it says, behold, uh, well, I'll, I'll start at the beginning. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Let's look at one more reading and then we'll make a few more comments. Look at this in first corinthians 7 and verse 29 it says but let me say this dear brothers and sisters the time remains the time that remains is very short see this this world clock we're talking about this is like written a long time ago and see if it was short then it's really short now so he said the time that remains is very short so from now on those with wives should not focus only on their marriage those who weep or rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Pretty powerful scripture there, isn't it? Uh, so here's what we can, from these two uh, portions of scripture that we read, I think we can c- uh, come with this conclusion. The time is short. Can you agree with it? The time is short. Now, now, people out there that don't know Jesus, they wouldn't know that. And the Bible even said there's going to be mockers. Like, when is he coming? He hasn't come back yet. You know, he's not going to come. There's going to be people mocking. But when you stay with the Bible and see what it says, he's coming back. There's a a world clock going on. There's a big picture out there, and he will be back. So the time is short. We have a job to do. Can you agree with that? Uh, But then if you really look at those scriptures properly, did you notice that it doesn't say not to focus on your marriage? It says not to focus only on, your marriage so we want to make sure we're balanced here you know so we're gonna have our 30 year coming up but like you know because in the last so many years that I've been saved I've seen people get so spiritual that they don't look after the husbands and wives that's not what it's saying so just in order to be balanced so you want to be balanced so we we have a marriage we don't you know ignore our marriage But yet what it says is don't only focus on that. There's like this big world clock picture and we got a job to do and the time is short. Then it also, it doesn't say stop buying and stop weeping and stop rejoicing. It doesn't say that. It says not to be absorbed by that. So, you know, uh, we we went to Mount Tambourine to have lunch yesterday and I bought some food. You know. You know, and I then, on the way back, I had to get some gasoline the car car needed gasoline I had to buy something you know and uh I didn't weep yesterday but um i have I've wept had a lot of joy yesterday because we were with our two daughters and and our one daughter's husband and the other daughter's boyfriend, and it was just a joyful time together as a family so there's a lot of joy so it but you know it, the thing is Enjoy those times, but that's we're not absorbed by those things. There's like the big world picture clock And so this is what John Wesley said a long time ago Uh, He said give me 100 men who love only God with all their heart and hate only sin with all their heart and we will shake the gates of hell and bring in the kingdom of God in one Generation well that didn't happen. He's gone You know, but that was his heart's cry and any time we see something like that, we have to make sure we don't get under guilt or condemnation. Everything we do is by grace, and we're, just, we're all just individually required to follow the Holy Spirit and not allow ourselves to get under guilt or condemnation. But on the other side of the coin, we shouldn't be lazy, and we should, you know we shouldn't be absorbed by this world, and we shouldn't forget the big picture and the world clock. Okay, so I just wanted to start off there to, to get us uh, ready as we look into the church. So the next thing, that, that, that's all the time we can spend on that. I, I want to look at, like, defining the church and just some things that the Bible says about the church. So you remember two weeks ago, we saw the scripture, Jesus said, I will build my church. So, like, what are we building? Jesus said, I'm going to build it. So here's just some things about the church. And I think it will help all of us because we are the church, and it's important that we know who we are and what we're all about. So here's the first thing that, that I, as I was looking, we could have gone on for a long time. I had to, like, limit how much I could share here. But the first thing that was in my heart that I thought, let's look at this, that the first thing about the church, it's a worldwide assembly. It's a worldwide assembly, okay? So it's not like a business or corporation because, you know, like, shell oil, you know, and, And and these pharmaceutical companies and all the big things, they're all over the world, and they're big corporations and they're big businesses. Well, the church is worldwide. It's been around longer than Shell Oil and the pharmaceutical companies and all those other big things. It's worldwide, but it's not a business organization or corporation. It's not a social club either. But But with that said, it's a place for fellowship. Uh, So it's it's that, but let's look at what the Bible says about it. In Revelation 5 and verse 9, it says, They sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God. It's talking about Jesus. And, And look what it says. It says, from every tribe and language and people and nation." And so the church is worldwide. Look at this scripture, uh, 7-9. It says, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. The church is every nation. And anybody that becomes a Christian, you'll eventually love the nations. I I know that uh, you you may have heard me say this before, but when I had eyes on the lady I married, she didn't have eyes on me. (laughs) One reason was she had a, a, a checklist and her checklist included a heart for the world, missions. And I never talked about the world and I never talked about missions, so Although she loved me, she would not release it. Now her eyes said I love you, but her mouth wouldn't say it. You know, and it was con- it was a confusing season. <laughs> but then I was asked to go on a mission trip by a friend of mine, and I went on a missions trip, you know, and you know there's different places you can go. You wouldn't think the first city I landed on in for a mission trip was Paris, France. Oh. They're, 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 somebody has to do these kind of mission trips. <laughs> but you talk about not being absorbed by, <laughs> by what you're around. Like you go to Paris and you come out of your hotel in the morning and you can smell the coffee on the street yeah. and the croissants. <laughs> and you say, why did I come here alone? <laughs> but I didn't have anyone that would come with me. <laughs> but so, so that was the first place that... Uh, that I went on a missions trip, and, and on that trip, we went into East Germany. It was shortly after communism fell. That was interesting, and so, that, so we did do some other things, but we started off in Paris. Uh, but that, that whole thing, you know, uh, that when I got saved, I probably, I didn't have the heart that my wife had for the world, but that changed me big time, and I'm excited about those going on a missions trip. It's the first time. Because, you know, you're going to bless and help people, but what it does to you is like you just, you know, when you go to somewhere else to minister to somebody in another nation, what happens to you is a lot of times, sometimes bigger than what happens to the people you minister to, and that happened to me. And I was changed forever. I got back, and, and I didn't know this, but every time I saw Patsy, all I talked about was missions, the world. That we need to go you know and then she said I like you and uh, (laughs) so on and so forth (laughs) that was necessary and and so you know we're worldwide look at first uh, Peter 2 and verse 9 it says but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him and here's what we see who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light people around the world in every nation every tongue every tribe they've been called out and i'm always amazed because we lived on four continents and from each continent we've gone places so when we were in europe we went to a lot of the european nations when we were in america we went to canada and mexico and places like that close to there and now that we've been here i've been to new zealand i've been to Papua New Guinea many times. I, I've been to, uh, uh, from here, well, and we were in Asia, and, and I've been to a lot of the different Asian countries. You know what always amazes me? When you meet other believers, how you can start talking and fellowshipping, and you're on the same page, and it's just amazing how you can fellowship together, and you've never met them before. It, because uh, we're called out from around the world, and we're called into one body. And so even uh, since living here, this happens really a lot when somebody, if I go to check out of the store and they go, like, I like the accent, you know, and then I think, what, what's gonna happen next? How are they gonna say this? They go, so like, where are you from? They won't say, are you from the U.S. or Canada? Because what I understand here is if you say Canada and you're from the U.S., they get mad. But if you say, are you from Canada, or the, the, um, the U.S., then the Canadians get mad. And, and so they, I, the people here, they must have experienced it a number of times, so they say, where are you from? And so what I, what I started to do is I said, well, I'm from the States, right below Canada. And I said, but I love the Canadians. <laughs> I just like to confuse them, you know. Because I do. You know, I've been to Canada before, and, and there are brothers. You know, I, we've been with Christians up there, and they're our brothers and sisters. So I love the Canadians. Love the world. We're worldwide. The next thing about the church, it's it's a spiritual body. Okay, like we're born again, we're regenerated, and you know, like think about this: like Constantine, and he, he's the guy over in Rome, Italy. This is like three hundred and six years after Jesus arose, and Constantine was the guy for Rome, and he decided to steer Italy into Christianity so he he favored that and even the people that analyze this stuff they really i got this out of um, wikipedia and it says the historians they still remain uncertain about constantine why did he favor christianity why was he doing that but he steered italy in that direction in rome and so you know when we talk about christianity we're talking about it's a spiritual thing it's not like a politician that says, We're going to be a Christian nation. So, this Constantine says, We're going to be a Christian nation. And then the guy that followed him was Nero. And so, then there was a big fire that happened over there in Rome. And Nero, because he wasn't born again, he wasn't a Christian, he began to kill the real Christians. So, here's Rome, and they say they're Christian. And they're killing the real christians so we lived over there for nine and a half years in rome well not in rome but in italy for nine and a half years and that's where we did ministry and so i talked to the italians and you know the catacombs you know they're real popular well the italians said you know you know the truth about the catacombs they said there were some christians that got killed in the Colosseum in rome but the catacombs there were more christians killed up north and the catacombs are up north and that's where the real christians hid From the so-called Roman Christian government and that they had to go hide there so they wouldn't get killed so when you think about Christianity it's just not a politician saying we're a Christian nation Christianity you enter it by a new birth and so uh, you look at John chapter 3 and verse 3 and this is what Jesus said he said I tell you the truth unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of God it's a spiritual body it's not a club it's not a or an organization or corporation or anything it's like a spiritual body there, the entry into it is heart and mouth and belief and so it doesn't matter if you go to a church did you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and declare him Lord because as you know I was in church every Sunday for the first 23 years of my life on the front row and I was not in the kingdom I did not have a spiritual birth okay I like this what it says here in John 3:6. it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit so I sat in church for 23 years but I was just flesh my spirit wasn't regenerated I didn't have a new birth I like the way that it says in this translation, uh, it says humans can only re, uh, reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And so everyone is required with their heart and their mouth to confess Jesus as their Lord. It's a personal thing. It's not a membership. Because I, I, as you know, I grew up in the Catholic church, and I know I've met Catholics that are born again, and they're in the kingdom. Our family wasn't. And so it wasn't until I heard the gospel. You have to hear the gospel to get faith to get saved. It's not till somebody said this one thing. They said, you, you know the scripture, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. And I thought, I'm 23 years old, and I've been in church every week, and I never heard that scripture. I never knew that scripture existed. But as soon as I heard the word, it started to work. As soon as you hear the word, it starts to work on the inside of you. And I it was like the holy spirit god brought that back to me unless you're born again you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven and i couldn't get away from that so it's a, a, the church is a, a a spiritual it's it's a, it's a spiritual thing um i'm going to skip the next one and, and go over i'm going to skip a point here i'm looking at the time i'm going to skip that and i'm going to go to this one the church is also a transformed bunch. <laughs> you like the word bunch? I thought about lot, L-O-T, but then I chose bunch. Or a transformed lot, or bunch, okay? And, uh, you know, and so as I said, you know, I was in church every Sunday, but I wasn't transformed. I was just flesh, and my flesh was sitting on a seat, and I had no relationship with God. I I didn't have any entry into the kingdom of God. Uh, And so, uh, thank God I heard the gospel. But I like the way Titus says it. In Titus 3, in verse 3, it says, We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves of various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. A lot of those describe the way we were, not all of them we got along at least we all got along my brothers and i you know but we had some of those other things and then look at verse four it says but when the goodness and loving kindness of god our savior appeared and i'm so thankful that somebody brought that to me and us and we all got saved and then verse five it says and he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness it's not our good works but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration (laughs) And renewal of the Holy Spirit the second that I said Jesus I call you my Lord I believe God raised you from the dead there was regeneration the creator of the universe God Almighty and his Holy Spirit brought life into me and all of us that are in that category and it's change it's transformation We're a transformed bunch. But then we're also this. We're a commissioned bunch. So what are we saved for and transformed for? And why is that life and supply on the inside of us? And it's because we're commissioned. God got us, but he's not done with us. He's got us, But he wants to use us and so like we saw today with annalisa as she did our missions offering and she talked about the great commission but here it is and in matthew 28 and verse 18 it says jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold i am with you always to the end of the age so we are saved for a purpose we're anointed for a purpose and what the reason that we exist and i and i like you know they like it was really special last night you know like we saw that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth so I thought, you know, you, you save all of your photos, and we've I've traveled for, I've been so many places and seen so many things that, I you know, after a while it almost can all look like, it's great, but, you know, it's it's not like, I'm not infatuated by traveling and seeing things, but you think you got all your photos collected and everything, but there's going to be like a new heaven and a new earth, you know, and so what was really precious to me is yesterday, last night, you know, I, I felt like I was far enough along in this, so I came out of my room, and there's both my daughters with one one with her husband and the other with the boyfriend, and they're sitting there with Patsy, and they're playing a game. You know, what was that game called? Mad Gap. Mad Gab. Mad Gab, G-A-B, Gab. G-A-B. <laughs> Mad Gab. But I just sat there, and, and I watched, I was just sitting there with the family, and I'm thinking, you know, we were just at Mount Tambourine for lunch, and that was... That was nice, but what's really precious to me is seeing my daughters and my family, and they're having fun together. That's that memory. That's that memory. I, I prefer that memory. You know, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, but thank God for that. And uh, so, you know, we're we're, you know, we're here we love one another we enjoy one another but we don't want to forget the big picture the world clock we're here for a purpose the Great Commission and here's what Jesus said in Matthew nine thirty-seven. he said the harvest is great but the workers are few and uh, so you know here here we are Lord here we are as Rhema Family Church we're here at the beginning it's we're almost through one month already of 219 But if you'll just join with us, you know, our heart, just so you know our heart, you know, um, our heart is, as long as there's lost people out there, we got work to do. As long as Jesus hasn't come back yet, we're here and we have work to, as long as you guys all know that, you know, I I don't, the minute I get comfortable and get satisfied, believe me when I say, because I can do other things, I'll find somebody to replace myself. Just so you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be comfortable. As if there's people lost out there, I don't want them to go to hell. And so if you can at least, when you think about it, pray. I, I, know it's, I know we're all in a busy world, and I know we all have to do this and find a way to do it and find time to do it. So there's no guilt or condemnation, but when you think about it, pray. Um, because there's people that could go to hell for eternity, and we're here for that. So ju- let's do it together. Let's join together on this, be in agreement on this. There's people that need to be saved. We're in 2019. Here we are, Lord. And you know, when it's by grace and when we get clear direction and, and the Lord helps us, n- no single person should be wore out. If we do it together and we find ways to do it together, we all do a part. Uh, but it's not all on one person or a couple people, and then they get wore out or burnout. So think about that and keep it in prayer. Now, just to finish up today, you know, we we said we were going to say something about Timothy. Like, here's Timothy. Here's some, like, Timothy wasn't like a super Christian, but he helped build the church. And here's some of his challenges. Like, look at uh, Timothy's challenges. Uh, Ministering as a youth was like a challenge for him. And, you know, I don't have time to look at those scriptures, but he was young. And that was a challenge. And then he had like freaking stomach infirmities. You know, and Paul told him to drink a little bit of wine there. You know, the, the water wasn't so good back there in that part that, that day. And then uh, possible timidity, because what, what, he w- what was written there in Timothy sounded like because maybe his age and various things, he was timid. So, you know, if, if Timothy did, and, and he was the guy that Paul preferred. Like, he was Paul's guy. Paul really liked Timothy. So if Timothy could do it with his challenges, I believe that we could do it. So, like, what can we learn from that? Well, here's just a few thoughts of what we can learn, because we're talking about we all have a supply, we're all anointed for a purpose, we we have a job to do. So, if that's true, then uh, we could say this, do we allow our faults and failings to hinder us from serving Christ? You know, know, because we all can say, well, you know, I can't do that. You know, I, I didn't like public speaking when this all started. And so if I went with that, I wouldn't be standing here, but I had to, like, give in. Uh, we, you know, do we use our age for an excuse? Too young, but even too old, either way, and anything in between. Uh, do we allow our personality to prevent us from serving as we should, uh, sometimes too timid or too fearful? But then on the other side, you know, the other ones that, that live for exposure, Sometimes there has to be a humbling there because that can be just as bad in that balance. And then, uh, then uh, do we excuse ourselves from service by referring to physical problems? You know, and so the Lord wants to help us so we can be the vessels that he can use. Okay, so with that said, let's finish up with these two verses of Scripture today. In Philippians 2 and verse 20, Because uh, the last thing we want to look at is Timothy's choices. And it's just two verses here. Uh, Timothy's choices made him valuable to the kingdom. So it says this, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. So here's Paul. And when I say, you know, we say that Timothy was his guy. But what made Timothy his guy? So I think when, when we're here, we're anointed for a purpose, and we talk about, you know, it's a popular word now, when I was earlier, you hardly ever heard the word culture. You know, the, I used to hear the word culture when I went to Italy, they were so proud of having culture, you know, those old nations, and I met Italians, I met an Italian here once, and they said, I have to go back every year because there's no culture here. And, and, and I, you know, my family's from Italy, so I say this with all respect, I like this culture, I like the new places. I like the new way of thinking (laughs) you know so i love italy's great to go eat food and have a vacation but i like australia okay but i'm I'm proud to be an italian and everything but see i that's the time that's i heard about culture you know from there but then it came into the church world and how important culture is so when i think about you know what kind of culture do we want as a church and this is like you know when we talk about our part And being anointed for a purpose we can all do this so here's what we can see from these two verses Timothy was valuable to Paul and the church I think we can agree on that but then Paul said I don't have anyone else like him all right so my thought is when I read that the very first time I read this verse a number of years ago I thought I want to be like Timothy so we served uh, another ministry for a long lot of years and I wanted to be like that to that ministry I wanted to be that if we all just focus on like let's be a Timothy just think about the culture that we will get and how we can have unity and the wonderful Holy Spirit of God will flow on us and how what we can do as a church you know and we grew up under uh, a a man of God that was he was for the entire body of Christ and so we got that in us so Patsy myself and, and our church culture we are for the body of christ so we're for everyone but then you always also the, the man that we grew up under he was really aware that he had a part so Raymond family church has a part because we have a part it doesn't ma- mean that we are competing with anyone else and we ever talk bad about any. you know we we honor the body of christ but we have our part we're not better than anyone you know the kind of culture that we want we we we're, we're humble confident bold but we're not better we're the body we're part of the body and we have our part to play Um, and so uh, we could say this that uh the reason timothy cared for others were the others cared for themselves so for culture let's like care for others so we can here's the last thing we'll say today what can we learn from that two things Caring for others keeps our eyes off of ourselves, you know. And then secondly, what we can see, uh, and I'm going to have the worship team come, that correct motives in regard to why we do things will set us apart from others. The correct motives. So why do we do things? You know, do we do things to be seen? Do we do things, you you know, to acquire something, a title, a position, or whatever, or do we th- do things because we just simply love people and we care for people more than we care for ourselves? If as a church family we can get that, then uh, you know, we won't sabotage our call as a church and anointing will be fruitful. How's that sound? And so this is like just something I wanted to deliver here in the beginning of the year to everyone. We can all be Timothys. We can all care for other people. We can all do this with the right motives. And God honors that. And it makes us valuable. Our choices will make us valuable. Father, I thank you so much for your word today, uh, for, for uh, your, your church, Father. For people that have you on the inside, Father. We're the church. And I honor you on the inside of everyone, Lord. Father, uh, as mature believers, we're able to see you in people and with that we're able to be patient with one another knowing that you're working that this is a journey that you're working in all of us and that uh, uh, as we go along the way father god you're perfecting us uh, you're uh, you're helping us to be more Christ like by constant forgiveness and cleansing by wisdom by your word and instruction, Father. So I thank you, Father, that we're going from glory to glory and from faith to faith. Thank you so much for that, Father. Lord, before we go today, in the event that we have any with us today, and they do not have this personal relationship with your son, Jesus, they haven't had a spiritual entrance into the church it's only been membership it's only been out of duty but they have never with their heart and with their mouth confessed Jesus as Lord thank you Father for speaking to their hearts and I thank you that it's really clear to anyone in that category that the church is a spiritual body it's not membership but it's a decision It's a believing in the heart and a confessing with the mouth as you've said in your word, Lord. So thank you that that's clear to everyone in that category today. For anyone here that's, you're in that category and you say, well, I never really confessed Jesus as my Lord. I'm not quite sure that I have God in me, that I'm in the spiritual body. I've just walked through church doors before but I've never had a conversion. I've never had the life of God come on the inside of me. If you're in that, having those thoughts right now, we're going to pray a prayer. And this is your opportunity to have a spiritual birth, a conversion, an entry into the body of Christ, a spiritual entry. This is your opportunity. So we, we, uh, when we pray around here for this part of the service, we like closing our eyes. One reason is because you can pray this from your heart. You're not looking around, but you're praying from your heart. And every word that comes out of your mouth, you, you really mean it. You believe it. So let's pray this together with our eyes closed and with our heart engaged. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Jesus thank you that you came. You came to earth. You shed your blood. You took my sin. You suffered for me. And God raised you from the dead. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. Jesus, I welcome you in my heart as my Savior. Thank you. You first loves me. And that love enables me to love you. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using his ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at churchatramer.org.au If you would like more information, or resources on this or other topics or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week please visit our website at